Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic, rather a mini-sode. These are the short episodes we bring you every Friday in between our main episodes, which launch every Tuesday, where we talk about two films, one mainstream and one cult that are thematically related. I'm excited for this one because oftentimes, as you listeners have probably noticed, our mini-sodes are just me. Uh, but today we have our full panel here to talk about this awesome subject, which is comic characters who need a reboot. We're talking about on film uh, or television, characters who've already been portrayed at some point in time, but are in dire need of uh, re-envisioning or relaunching in some form. I am, uh, as always, your host, Nate Wyckoff, comedian and film critic for HorrorNews.net. With us, we have Tad Mastriani. How are you doing, Tad? Yo, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. And a bottle of yo. Jeff, Jeffrey Tucker, how are you doing? Uh, good, thank you. That was un uncomfortably normal for you. <laughs> and rounding out our fantastic cast, we have Amanda Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm, I'm wonderful today. Thank you, Nate. Excellent, excellent. So it's interesting because oftentimes we don't have a full panel here for these Friday episodes because I'm either interviewing a special guest and I don't want to inundate them with more than one person chucking questions at them or uh, because... You just don't want us weirdos you know interacting with the normies <laughs> it, it, the normies it's true it's true i was just trying to be uh classy about it but what what's different about this one and why we have a whole panel is because sometimes listeners as a podcast runner you have to juggle many different tasks and when you juggle things if you're like me and have bad hand-eye coordination you drop them now I, in this case, dropped loading the proper screener film, which is how we view the films for our discussions. So uh, we couldn't do what we were going to do today. But luckily, we're always prepared for being unprepared. That's why we're talking about comic characters who need a reboot. So uh, to start off this discussion, I'm going to jump to Jeff. Jeff, first character that pops into your head that you think needs a reboot. Who is it? I need a slight preamble here because... When, when you asked this to me, I was like, oh, neat idea. And then I started thinking about it. Uh, basically, Warner Brothers and Disney have like a standing weekly meeting where this is the topic. It's like, <laughs> this is a well-tread topic. And you we get, we have a lot of reboots because of it. So you, you got to dig joke. deep. Like if you want to find something, I was like, I was going through, I was like, oh, what about Spawn? Yeah, they're doing that. Uh, <laughs> what about, you know, Blade? Yeah, they're redoing that. Uh, you know, what about, uh, you know, 
eight more things and I'm like, oh gosh, well, there's just like, there's too many things. Uh, I did think of a couple eventually. Um, and uh, well, let's, let's one... touch on what you just said real quick. So uh, sure. Uh, so Spawn had a movie and I think it was 97 um, with Michael J. White playing Spawn who also played uh, uh, the, who would become James Rhodes who become War Machine in the first Iron Man film before Robert Downey Jr. had him replaced because Don Cheadle is his friend because he did a movie back in the day. Um, I think that was Terrence Howard that you're, you're thinking of. Am I re- was it really Terrence yeah, Howard? Yeah, that was Terrence Howard. Oh, Racist! Right. I am so sorry. Oh, no. no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I'm a Terrence Howard fan until I watched Empire. And I'm still a fan, but the the melodrama in Empire did not make sense to me in the way it was portrayed. His character was so unemotional. Um, Michael J. White, however, has this sneer and he looks really angry uh, when he plays like an anti-hero like Spawn. It was perfect. Terrence Howard also can carry that role usually, uh, but Empire uh, spoiled me on him. So he's been on the brain and that's why, sorry, Michael J. White. Um, and sorry, Terrence Howard, because I actually think you were a fantastic James Rhodes. You looked the part, you were perfect. And I was really sad. Not that Don Cheadle's not a fine actor, but um, there, time, there, was, there was there was no reason to have him replaced. Uh, anyway, other than, than some sort of nepotism. But I just want to touch on, these are all theoretical because it is in pre-production and the Spawn reboot film has been in works since 1997 when the first film came out uh todd mcfarlane's original plan was to have the original spawn film be pg-13 which it was so uh lots of people could get into it and then the sequel would be an r-rated film centering around uh billy kincaid the child killing ice cream man murderer from the comic books uh, and also from the hbo series so uh that would be sort of the entryway and then by the time the sequel came out the kids would be old enough to see the r-rated film well i don't think they intended it to be a thousand years in the future uh we're we're going on how how many years 23 years uh since since the first film uh, so there, was, there is recent and like there uh, is advances in that uh, there is supposedly they have uh locked down jeremy renner and uh jamie fox who jamie fox of course we just uh love here at colton classic podcast um and i would and jeremy renner people will know as hawkeye from the avengers film so that's very interesting it's very possible i'm sure it will happen at some point mcfarlane is strong still mcfarlane toys are strong uh images is, is doing fine there's there's no reason to assume we won't get one but that's the backstory on that and then of course you also mentioned blade marvel uh aka disney holdings does have blade back and they are planning on including him in some form or another who knows if we will see Wesley Snipes in? He's notoriously difficult to work with, and the reason why all the Blade films have had different directors. And um, although, interesting side note: if you watch the uh, uh, what we do in the shadows TV series, not the original uh, mockumentary, but if you watch the TV series, which is quite excellent, Wesley Snipes does reprise the role of Blade in that uh, nearing the end of the first season, I think, or maybe it's the end of the second season. Uh, I think it's the end of the second season, actually. Uh, but anyway, somewhere in there, or first season. Don't know. Don't remember, but it's in there. Uh, take a look. Back to your point, Jeff. Those are all the editor's footnotes uh, from Stan Lee. I just threw them in there. Yeah, thank you, my man. That was good. Uh, good sidebar. Um, so, And we're all out I of went... time. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> so I went deep here. Nobody's going to think of this one, uh, or nobody's going to come with this one. I want to see Silver Surfer. I want to see it in a trilogy, three films. I want to see the first one. I want to name it um, uh, Norn Rad. I want to, I want to uh, hire Doug Jones uh, doing live action, 
like no like no costume work for the first film uh this is just the origin of the silver surfer um, sort of like a krypton like we get to see his home planet it's, and... yeah it's, it's like it really is like the first one to be like a disaster movie almost uh-huh. um it's like you know the you know the sky is falling uh their planet is being destroyed and you know they're like kind of racing to survive and figure out how to save you know their people uh eventually they they you know figure some things out and they uh they get an audience with galactus where galactus off- offers norn rad a way to save his people and and that so that's the first film and then we go to like the downfall and this this is why i think this character is actually interesting i don't think it's been done well uh he literally trades saving his planet to then essentially go and commit genocide on just planet after planet that is a tortured existence that is a horrible (laughs) tortured character um, and I think that if you really dug in there, and I think modern audi- audiences are ready to go for that type of ride, uh, that's a that's a downfall that I, I think is, uh, is 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 quite compelling. And then you know, obviously, the third movie would be uh, you know a uh, conclusion to that, and you know, finally he maybe can get an upper hand on Galactus. Uh, maybe even just the way it's done in the comics comes to Earth meets some super powered friends and uh, is able to uh, get the better. So technically he's actually, uh, he just kind of like abandons Galactus and then like Galactus locks him on earth in in the comic series. Uh, I'd rather see the way that they did it in Fantastic Four though that um, I don't think did the Silver Surfer any justice, um, but that way where, you know, they come together and they defeat Galactus would be, would be kind of where I would go with that. So, so I think I I love this idea. I am a huge Silver Surfer fan. Tad, I know you're also a big Silver Surfer fan. Uh, the only time we've seen Silver Surfer in the films or in films is with uh, the 2007's Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, which is the the sequel uh, to the Tim Story Fantastic Four film. I personally am a big fan of these. I think that they captured the sort of joy and tragedy of the Fantastic Four series quite well. Um, uh, and I was sad to see them rebooted. Although, we'll talk about the 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 ill-fated Lord. reboot after that at some point. Uh, I think it definitely deserves discussion. But I really like that. And what Rise of the Silver Surfer did get right is the look. I think we can all agree of the mm-hmm. Silver Surfer. He, he looks bad. Strong. Aesthetically, Silver Surfer I think is my favorite comic book. Here. It's it's absolutely he just looks fantastic. cool. He's just so cool looking. He is. Yeah. And the idea that, that he, he, like you said, his is a tortured existence. He is, he is causing the death of millions, essentially billions, most likely of life forms across uh, the cosmos simply to essentially save his wife. Right. Like that's, that's really, you know, to save his home plan. That's the only reason. And Galactus is of course this, his excuse is I am a force of nature. I have no, like, instead of Thanos is sort of like, I'm going to take the moral high ground and do what needs to be done to improve the cosmos. Galactus is like, I'm no different than a fish eating a worm. You know, like I am just, I am, this is how I survive and this is what I do. And if I don't do it, uh, then I will die. So it is ridiculous to assume that I'm not going to do it, which it's a strong argument actually. Um, and in the, the rise of silver surfer film, um, they, they didn't make him a giant person, uh, which he is in the comics. They essentially had him as sort of a this this almost 
uh, nematode-esque force of particles mm -hmm. and things that that devoured planets and they did do a glimpse of like they sort of coalesce into his his classic helmet sort of formation in the end i actually thought if you're not going to do the galactus as a big person it was an interesting touch but it's sort of as you said i think there's a lot of depth there that's that I I, and that's why i said i don't think like they didn't really get into the the no, the, the tortured yeah. existence of what a silver surfer really is. And, and uh, I don't know what the excuse is. It seems to be that um, producers and, and filmmakers seem to think that silver surfer cannot by himself hold a film. And mm. I think your point is, is totally true is why it's ridiculous. He has more character uh, conflict and potential for development and stories than just about anyone else. Like, I actually think it would be quite incredible to have like an HBO Max series. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we won't because HBO Max yeah. is a Warner Brothers production and and, and Disney's probably not going to sell that that way. But okay, fine. A Disney Plus, that's great. Um, we've seen what they can do, especially with their active background animation stuff. They've been working with The Mandalorian. They actually are perfectly set to do a really beautiful job on a Silver Surfer. I'd love it. There was a Silver Surfer cartoon in 98. Um, I think it only lasted for one season. So there's that. But good choice. I approve. You 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 win the first round of Colton Classic <laughs> Podcast. Point one, Jeffrey. <laughs> All right. Now, we're going to move on to Mandy. Mandy, who's the comic character or characters that you think should be rebooted and why? Oh, man. So I am not a huge comic fan, book fan. Or, and we're on to uh, Tad. No, you know? Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I was thinking about it. I was like, just, I was like, what would I like to see? Um, and uh you know blade i've talked about blade in previous um episodes uh i would love to see that again if it is actually going to happen i'm down for it um then i was thinking about other movies uh maybe not exactly comic books but book books i'm a big fan of like books made into movies uh the dune series i am lamenting that the new dune movie has not been released yet which was supposed yes. to come out in 2020 so I would love to see that rebooted and actually happen. <laughs> it's coming. It's happening. So that's kind of like, that doesn't count as an answer either. Um, then I was thinking like, oh, what shows or kind of jokey comic book yes things that I liked 20 years ago what I would love to see redone again. Um, the first one would be like the Homestar Runner um, web series that they yes. did i would love yes. to see that rebooted with current technology jokes memes like everything love it i would it. love to see that as a slash real life like mm -hmm. um roger rabbit series every week oh I think you yeah could do amazing things with that that could be very good and then um kind of as a companion to that um which has a lot of comic book and video game and like kind of nerd culture stuff in it reboot of reboot I don't know if anybody saw I that Canadian TV show. Reboot, the early 3D animated mm -hmm. series. Uh, was like one of, of itself, the very, very first It had an animated interesting shows. soft reboot as well within the series where it became yeah. a little darker and the lead character oh, yeah. came back after a disappearance with mm -hmm. dreadlocks. And uh, it's very mm -hmm. interesting. I highly yeah, I don't recommend know if it's like it. Second or third season. I have all of it on VHS, which I can't <laughs> watch because I don't have a VHS player anymore. Um, but I had it all like a friend of mine in college, like painstakingly pieced it together on three separate um, tapes, like from television when it was like on, on um, what was that? Comic something or other. 
what was that tv show that just played cartoons cartoon network that one that one the one that played Mm -hmm. cartoons yeah um and yeah they had like like i think it was like two seasons of like real kid stuff and then the third season got pretty dark because it got picked up by cartoon network i think and then that's correct um they were able to kind of like i think it was was actually running that yeah. final season. yeah they were it wasn't just like kid tv anymore that they had a silver server character on there which is very cool they did. um mm-hmm. and a lot of other nods to other um comic book and gaming um characters and storylines um uh, that they do well so i would love to see that happen again and then but as far as like um straight up movies from comic books that i absolutely loved and we'll probably talk about this movie again is the original crow i would love to see that redone um there is a lot of like kind of lore and a lot of like heavy stuff about um brandon lee dying as a result of acting in this film um that might have to be dealt with to do like a real reboot of this um but i would love of course by alex proyas who is a great director and did yeah will smith and irobot and uh even though that's a radical departure from the the asimov story which many people are upset about but uh yeah i i think you're you're on to something the crow and i'm sure that we will get a reboot at some point Mm -hmm. um it's from the james obar comic which was sort of the a a a beautiful a, a a beautifully gritty and dark and tragic tale of revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think today it might, would it would be made, but it would also get uh, skewered for being a bit of a fridge situation where his girlfriend is is raped and murdered, and, and he's mm-hmm. also murdered, and he comes back as revenge. Uh, yeah. And there's there's Native American overtones. I would adore seeing it actually helmed by Native American filmmakers and actually moving it mm-hmm. to what some of the comics did on a reservation or something. That would add this really beautiful new twist. Also. I think it would have the potential to be one of those soft reboots where um, it it doesn't retcon the original. It's just right. another story in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, of course, uh, I believe three sequels to The Crow. Uh, there, yep, City of there Angels were, yeah. was the second one, Wicked Prayer, and then Salvation in 2000 with Kirsten Dunst. In None of a them TV series. The fucking yeah. franchise. Huh, yeah. There was a TV series as well. Yeah. Um, and I... But yeah, I just remember the first one being like um, formative, I guess, mm-hmm. or like it, it being like a real kind of milestone or marker of my my youth. Every, I remember goth, every goth kid wanted uh, yeah. to dress like the crow. They wanted to wrap themselves in electrical tape and and pleather. And yep. I was one of them. I wanted it too. Um, and uh, then you find out that's actually expensive and hot. <laughs> And, yeah, it's uh, a little sweaty. So, yeah. so my my perspective on this is so so we have all these things going back to the eighties, like eighties mm-hmm. have had like a huge resurgence. Um, I don't, the nineties didn't have as much of an aesthetic, but like I think the crow, it is yeah, it, it really is nineties. Yeah. Like it is one of the few things that really is like whoa, that's nineties. Well, um, it, the, the soundtrack. Yeah, oh, the, soundtrack. The, sa- the soundtrack. So like, this was not only one of my favorite movies, which I would stop in at the video store every single week to try and rent. And I remember someone had it out and like lost it or something. And they finally like ordered another copy just so I could rent it uh, <laughs> every week. But like the soundtrack was like my favorite CD for probably like 10 years. It um, is a great soundtrack. It's amazing. Uh, I think... Uh, and also interesting the blade 2 soundtrack for hip-hop is a phenomenal mm-hmm. soundtrack as well and and i and in crow um 
the sequel actually also has a pretty good soundtrack, much, in my opinion, better than the film. Uh, but interestingly, The Crow, I think you're, you're honest on the drift. The aesthetic wasn't just 90s. It was 90s, but it was so iconic to the point that it informed all of the early 2000s films. I mean, mm-hmm. to to... to mm-hmm to assume that the matrix and the Wachowski sisters vision of the matrix did not heavily, you know, stand on the shoulders of, uh, of Brandon Lee's version of the crow is saying Mm. something else. And I want to throw too. I actually have a rare feature length student film version of the crow that stands close to the comic book, which we will absolutely uh, touch on. Colton Classic Podcast. If and by the way, listeners, if you want that sooner rather than later, write in Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com. So, and I also want to mention Blade. Blade, Blade is officially being redone by Marvel, and it is uh it's in also pre-production. Um, it's starring uh Marshali Ali. I am probably butchering his name, but he played Cottonmouth in the Luke Cage Netflix series. Uh, and and he's and he uh, played Juan in, in um in Moonlight in a 2016 very talented actor and i think yeah he's pretty amazing he's i think he's he's gonna be i think he's gonna be a phenomenal blade i mean it's hard to imagine wesley snipes not being blade because his physicality was perfect for what the character sort of had um but i'm really interested to see what they do with it because if you go back and read the tomb of dracula comics in the 80s and stuff that had blade and the blade series he is so insanely 80s uh, that it'd be kind of fun to work that in again but we'll see what happens and we'll see what they do uh, but great call. Love it. All right. We're on to you, Tad. Tad, what characters would you like to see rebooted from the comic? Well, we all know what he's going to say, right? Are you sure? I, I actually don't. Okay, like, Wait, one, two, really? three. You're not going to say the yeah. thing? You're not going to say it? <laughs> You're not going to say the thing? Really? You think you think that? You think that uh, Fantastic Four hasn't been rebooted enough fucking times already? Well, no, 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 no. That's not again. what I was thinking. Oh. It is getting rebooted since Disney has the ability. So it's an. In- I'm I'm going to uh, take the different perspective on here and say honestly, we're already rebooting stuff too much. As in, when you start rebooting as much as we're doing it right now, it means people are fucking out of ideas. Um, I still have two characters that I want to see before I start worrying about the fucking reboot train. One being She-Hulk and two being Moon Knight. Um, well, they're both being done on They're Disney both being Plus. done, but I don't hear, I don't hear jack shit out of it. And I, I, I honestly think that how, how they do Moon Knight is going to make or break me for how they do my interest in the rest of it coming up. Because it'll be interesting because the comics are decidedly dark and violent and um, not that Disney plus hasn't shown that it can have edgy material, but it strikes me very much as a Netflix or HBO max style show because I mean, the blood, the death, the, the, it's very much, I sort of, I sort of, I look forward to it, but I also sort of dread the idea that they're going to add a lot of levity to it as they do with their comic properties um, because it was kind of the charm of Moon Knight was partly it's and it's ugly anti-hero darkness. Yeah. And opposite from the Punisher, because while the Punisher does definitely touch on mental illness, the idea of a superhero that questionably may have severe schizophrenia is something that I haven't really seen yet. And I'm waiting to see because the comics did it so well. 
because they still, even to this day, the writers still pull that card where you never really know if he's the fist of Khonshu or if he's just fucking insane. And that's the best part. Well, that's, and I think it's interesting because it, it kind of, it leads for a lot of tie-ins that make sense in the Marvel universe right now, in the, in the film and TV universe, such as um, uh, Darkhawk and Shang-Chi. We know the Shang-Chi martial arts master movie is coming out. I, I guess I'm also a little reticent that um mark specter again moon knight is being played by oscar isaac who played poe in the rise of skywalker series and i'm not saying i think it's fantastic that they are having a a, a person of of color he's from uh, latinx descent i believe is uh one of his parents is guatemalan um and one that's cuban but uh my beef with uh, with oscar isaac was his sort of slamming uh disney's rise of skywalker trilogy for its its use of him and its portrayal yet i always get i always get sensitive on that when i'm you've benefited from it so extremely yet you still to be crass feel it's okay to shit on it um i think robert pattinson handled it best with the twilight series where somebody asked are you sad it's over and uh he said for them meaning the fans um he's not he's like i'm not saying that you know i'm not gonna say it's it's that i hated it or anything it did a lot for me um and i'm glad people enjoyed it but no i did not think they were fantastic films that's valid but i think we all remember spider-man 3 before it launched um uh we remember kirsten dunst shitting on the whole series on uh was it letterman or it was i can't remember which talk show it was who was hosting at the time um and it really it really sort of slapped her career back because studios don't like to hear that you, you kill ticket sales um you're also if now if you're ray fisher and you worked for warner brothers who i am a huge dc fan i always have been but warner brothers in dc has a terrible history of having inappropriate uh, behavior from their executives. And I 100%, we here at Colton Classic Podcast support Ray Fisher and I believe it. And his 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 concerns and his frustrations have been essentially uh, confirmed by his his other co-stars. So uh, it, there's, there's no question about it. Unless you're in that case when you've been wronged and it's, it's a matter of record and it should be dealt with uh, in a way that it's not being dealt with, then I don't think it's your place to shit on the movie, at least not in the in the like immediate aftermath of the film. Move on with your life. Um, be grateful that you have it. I think all of us on this panel have had some opportunity that's been big, like, I don't know, co-starring in uh, the next generation of Star Wars films, and we've it's been dashed from our hands. Okay, that's something most of us can identify with on some level. And to have someone who gets it and then you know, poo-poos the whole thing. And it's like, well, I'm like, you could not have written it better, Oscar Isaac. Maybe time will tell and you will have a fantastic Academy Award-winning script and I will be proven wrong. And I look, I look forward to that day. I hope that happens for you. But do not tell me. Your character was bad in the series, I agree. But the biggest problem is you didn't have to be in that series. There were already too many characters. If you didn't want to be in the series, by all means, don't be in the series. Yeah, leave, my... the, leave the shitting of movies to me. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> right. my job. And and I'm and to be to be honest, I'm a little surprised that Disney then was like, yes, please be in this. And I think it's a tribute to the fans who liked him, uh, and and wanted his sort of obstinate take on a Han Solo character. 
that, that he actually is still working for Disney because um, I certainly, you know, John Boyega has got other roles. He doesn't need uh, Disney at this point, but I think Oscar Isaac does. Uh, I don't think that he, he had much to work with. So, anyway. I mean, didn't he also play Apocalypse in that terrible fucking X-Men movie? He, now that we're did. bringing it back full in circle. X-Men Apocalypse, yes. He that did. movie, oh my God, I was dragged to that movie. And um, anytime it's a movie that doesn't say uh, Days of Future Past in it, I, I go, no, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this at all. Well, and the thing is, is that I think for X-Men fans of Claremont, you know, of Claremont's X-Men, which is essentially any X-Men fan, um, uh, Apocalypse is to me one of the greatest villains the X-Men ever had and so when you don't have him he's a tough character to tackle in a way but I kind of feel like you can do it exactly like the comics and make him look essentially exactly like the comics we've seen it because we've seen the, the, the snippets of Zack Snyder's Dark Seed we've seen a, an entire trilogy or, or a duology of films and a couple of cameos of uh, James Brolin is Thanos. We've seen that this can be done and they can look comic accurate. Um, and so the idea of reimagining in that way, and also let's blame Brian Singer. I mean, he's, uh, we know he's a pedophile. He made a fantastic first couple X-Men movies, but, and, and Superman Returns had its merits, but guess what? Don't give him a job anymore. He's a pedophile. <laughs> he shouldn't be around children. He shouldn't be in a position of power. And also he's not nice to his cast. No, so got a long history of being pretty terrible. I, I don't know why. I don't know why this is my this is my moment now to 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 be irritated at certain people in Hollywood. Um, but hey, it's me and it's my it's my podcast. What are you gonna yeah. do? You're gonna listen to another Colton Classic podcast? Please don't. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, no, I think that um, I think I think you have something. I mean, I think a lot of people get frustrated with reboots, um, especially when they're done to basically extend contracts, like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films, um, which. Who knows oh. what they're doing with Spider-Man Three? Because which I'm, by the way, uh, I, I agree with that one. Just give me a decade in between these bloody things. Like, put Batman to to nap for a decade. Put Spider-Man to you know bed for a decade, and then boot, reboot them. Like I understand that like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man are like the three most popular. But you know, give us a little break in between. See, that was gonna that was gonna lead into what I was saying, which is basically. Ha ha, the entire DC universe was my choice. Lol, turns out that's all they're fucking doing now is rebooting themselves because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And uh, I could say the same thing for certain characters with uh, with Marvel. I mean, my, I figured that Jeff was going to peg me for, you're just going to talk about Ghost Rider. I thought you were going to talk about Ghost Rider. I thought it was a very No, I thought, I, I actually think there's a good idea here. I think I we need a live copy. action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in costume like actually like actors on well, set well we so, had that and it's never going to be better than the original it's not going to fucking it's happen true. i mean we know so here's what we know we know that seth rogan is working on with nickelodeon on the new teenage mutant turtle films I'm, oh is I'm he, even, I see there's I, so many things that I, the, the answers <laughs> i mean so so here's the thing i'm going to give him a chance um i mean if you if you would all give michael bay a chance for god's sakes why would you give seth rogan a chance um, so I'm, I'm fine. We'll give it a shot. Now, I also want to touch on the fact that uh, we, we talked about this. I don't think we talked about this on the air. I think this is one of those uh, after hours conversations we had, Tad. But um, the rumor mill is saying that Marvel is trying to get Nicolas Cage to uh, to come back. come back as Ghost Rider, as Johnny Blaze. Now, 
I am absolutely in favor of that. I yes, think he's a too. fantastic Johnny Blaze. Um, give him something to work with. It could be a really interesting thing to lead into maybe a Danny Ketch story when you have the old bedraggled, you know, drunk Johnny Blaze. Um, it, it seems, I think a Ghostwriter TV series uh, on Netflix would have been phenomenal. And I'm curious to see if Disney Plus tries it. I think their biggest concern is the special effects and the stories because the stories of the Ghostwriter comics typically dealt so heavily with other elements of the Marvel universe. They were not, it was not easily standaloneable, if that no. is a term, which it is not. Uh, so either you have to, you have to deal with other aspects of the universe or you have to deal with heavy themes. And right. that requires a very special writing and directing team. I mean, if I had an ideal Ghostwriter story at this point, it would be starting off with Johnny Blaze in hell, play off Nick Cage's ability to really chew the scenery and be as nuts as possible. What's, what's the, what's my, I can't remember the name of the, the series. What's my favorite Ghost Rider story? The one where he's literally riding the bike towards the portal to get out of hell. Yeah. And that's his punishment as he always almost makes it and he's torn apart right at the end. Wasn't that Start the Garth Ennis revisit? Yes, start yeah. there. Start where he's in hell. It's like you, you got the demon, you did your thing. Now, guess what? Now you're paying for it and start him there. And and it's, you know, start off like an Ant-Man and Wasp thing where it's like, he's stuck in hell. How the hell is he going to get out? Well, and you could build a really cute little universe where he could, you know, occasionally interact outside of it, but you wouldn't have to like, but it would take some doing like you'd, you'd bring in Danny Ketch and you'd have parallel storylines and then you would have vengeance show up, you know, um, however the hell you want him to look nowadays. So you had you you would have options, but it would be and it would be I think that Disney would have to work on the supernatural angle to make it effective without the drug use or the or the the slums, you know, the things that sort of were always in the Ghost Rider comic books, the inherent biker gang situation kind of vibe. I think that they can do it. Absolutely. Um, I do think that it's probably a little more likely that they're going to bring in and I forget the character's name, I'm terrible, but the Hispanic Ghost Rider, the kid who Robbie has the Rays. car. Thank you, Rodriguez. I think that um, they only chose the most common Hollywood last name. Um, but hey, it's a great name, Robert Rodriguez. We love you. Jump on our show. Uh, I think that maybe it's more likely that instead of Danny Ketch, we would get him and then Johnny Blaze would somehow be involved, maybe as a mentor figure, which would be really messed up. But I think that could happen. Uh, I think that it fits more with Disney's intent. But again, I would just love to see Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider do stuff. With a competent director. Oh yeah, let's not let's not hope too hard. Um, yeah, no. So that's that's good. I, I, and I think Jeff, did you say the thing? Is that what you were gonna say? What, you thought <laughs> you thought the tad was. I think talk he meant swamp. No, no. I just I was thinking just like uh, like we've we've had a lot of animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in there. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I want okay. I want like I want like a real you know, like the ones in, from the nineties, it's like almost 30 years. Give us like, give us a, give us something similar to that. Now I'm going to, I am going to say that um, the, the, the Ninja Turtles 3d animated series that Nickelodeon did first when they, when they got the rights from Kevin Eastman is actually pretty fantastic. I highly recommend watching it through. I was sad when they ended it for the current, reboot. which one? Cause there's so many. <laughs> there's, there's four and then there's the next mutations calm down um actually there's five if you count the uh pilot for the japanese animated series where they turn into a giant robot that's pretty wild uh, it sounds like a meme that it, actually happened it actually we could cover it on this podcast i have a copy right behind me here but of course so um interestingly 
it's pretty good because it really did a nice job of i think it was 2004 is that when that one started i can't remember but uh it's 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 a great blend of the comic books with the sort of levity of the original 80s cartoon so it's a nice oh, I, I think i do know that series yeah. it's a pretty good series i have to the say one from i really enjoy that 2000s, and they bring yeah. in fugitoid and a bunch of characters from the comics that never made it <laughs> elsewhere it's fun stuff um now the the current rise of the turtles uh rise of the Ninja turtles i mean they try they've tried to teen titan go it and that's never been my favorite option um not that i hate it anything that we get is is great at this point but you know that's what it is uh now i want to talk about the thing though because you made me think of the thing in fantastic four we know that disney is doing something with the fantastic four um but the thing i actually think is one of the few characters that they kind of got right a few times um i think the thing from the tim story is great uh he was the thing i think that the thing from roger corman's never officially released fantastic four where they were doing it just to to fulfill a, a contractual obligation man that sucked for those actors um I think that was an adequate, you know, vision. And then the 2005 was an interesting interpretation. Um, interesting. Uh, but that leads into my choice for characters that need a reboot desperately. And that is Dr. Doom. Uh, Dr. Doom, yes. as, you, as has been said, there have been uh, multiple Fantastic Four films and cartoons. And Dr. Doom has never quite been 100% nailed, I believe. Um, first things first. Put him in the costume and keep him there. Put him in the costume and keep him there. Why do you do this thing where we see their face? We don't need to see their face. Uh, if the comics don't have him in their face, I don't want to see their face. Stallone and Judge Dredd, although I still enjoy that movie quite a bit. Um, Carla Bain was willing to keep that mask on. Uh, you know it. It's always been a focus group thing where they don't think people can relate to the character if they can't see their face. And that's the whole point. You're not supposed to relate to Doom. Right. And so here's the thing that I think is interesting um, is that Doom has a fantastic amount of material that could actually carry his own series. I would love to see an adult-oriented Doom story that is just about Doom and occasionally had heroes come in. Wow, what a phenomenal series. Um, but more than that, I would like to see Doom in Black Panther 2. Uh, because I think Doom, they, they did it, Marvel did a great thing in the comics where they really worked to start to bring Doom into other series outside of Fantastic Four, because he's, of course, their iconic villain. Uh, and it works, especially because in Black Panther, it's you know, about the, the leader of Wakanda, of a sovereign nation. And Doom is uh, the the ruler of, is it Latveria? Is that? Latveria, yeah. Latveria, yes. Very close to Latvia, but not. Um, and, 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 and he is a, the iron-fisted ruler of this despotic regime in this country. And, um, and the fact that you have two leaders challenging each other, not just of factions, but of countries, essentially, is a really interesting mix and Marvel did a good job. And then you have all the side stories of, of, of Doom having different bots and Doom bots and things like that roaming around. Um, just really cool uh, character. And you also have um, beyond the look and sort of the interest of the, of the his you know, nature of ruling a, a country, you also have the fact that his powers come not just from technology but from supernatural forces you know you get that fun blend um which some people don't like my wife 
hates blending science and magic. I think it's totally valid and I think it can be done well. I also think it can be done horribly. Um, but I think that that's okay uh, if, you, if you do it right. I think Doom does it right. It's, it's just a hint of the occult uh, and it's never over explained, but it, it also is technology and you can kind of really mix the two. Uh, and that's why he worked as a foil to, uh, you know, Dr. Richard, uh, Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four, because he was a brilliant scientist and Dr. Doom was sort of a jack of all trades, master of a few, I guess. Uh, but anyway, he's the hero I would like to see rebooted. Um, if we can't have uh, a live action series, hey, give us a Doom uh, animated series. That'd be fine. Uh, even give us a Doom animated film. Marvel hasn't been successful with their animated film outings like DC has, but something. I mean, a Books of Doom, you know, uh, translation film would be fantastic. Well, I sort of petered us out there, but we really talked around a lot of things. There's been a lot of uh comic movies coming out uh, of course we have comic adjacent video game movies like we have the new mortal Kombat coming out those are all things we can talk about but these characters are ones that we need to reboot i also want to argue just one little bit as we approach this end with jeff and tad here because i think part of the reason why as a comic book lover i don't mind having lots of iterations of characters the comics do that essentially all the time um I will say I get tired of seeing the same story over and over again. So mm. while I don't, I, I'm totally okay with seeing six different Batman uh, or Batman, I guess you'd say, I, I don't want them to be telling the same story over and over again. And that's something that Sony and, and Disney's Marvel have done, which drives me bonkers. I don't want to see it over and over again. Um, we I know batman's that, origin story right we know spider-man's origin story now yeah. i will say the tom hole and spider-man i actually really enjoy this series so far i'm excited to see what happens i'm excited to see how they're able to work venom in. i really want them to um because uh, i think he can be done right uh and of course tom hardy given a, a better script and better direction i think andy circus who's helming venom 2 is really capable of that and woody harrelson as uh cassidy you know uh carnage is going to be really great but I think that we're done seeing these origins. I don't want to see them again. Do not reboot Captain America. I don't think they will. I think they're, you know, Falcon will become Captain America as in the comics for a while, but who knows what's going to happen. But I don't want to see those origins again. I don't want to. You already nailed it for our generation. Wait, do other stories. You have plenty, you have decades and decades of materials to pull from. Um, just, just do something new. And also, as much as flack as I give Warner Brothers for not for being directionless, which I think has been the case, Tad, I still think it's the case with their their cinematic universe. Um, I will give them credit for doing a good job of doing a series that may reinvigorate yet not retcon the past films. We've talked about this: how Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider: Spirits of Vengeance, both with Nicolas Cage, um, both from from was it sony or fox i think it was sony right that was fox fox okay well anyway um they did not they didn't have to change the backstory in the openings but they do um hulk did it as hulk the incredible did hulk did it as yep. well um there was no reason to do that let people who remember the original see this as a sequel there's no, no reason to wipe the slate birds of prey did a great job of it you don't see jared leto as joker um, but you can kind of, you could see it as a brand new series or as a continuation. It doesn't have to retcon everything. 
we had the same conversation offline essentially about Punisher because Warzone did the exact same fucking yes, thing. It did. No reason. No reason whatsoever. Um, and it's stupid. It's sort of, I think the idea was, is they're like, oh, well, uh, some fanboys are bitching. So we're going to essentially apologize by retconning this with a couple of lines in the opening or a montage. And it's dumb. It doesn't need to happen. Um, if you don't, if you're reading the comic books, the monthly series, and you didn't like the last arc, well, the new arc probably gonna have a different writer anyway, or wait until there's a different writer or switch over to another uh, title with the character. There's a million of them for the most part. In most of the big cases, you don't have to retcon it. And it's it drives me bonkers it's also the same problem that you'd have if it's a if it's a long story like for instance one of my dreams it'll probably never fucking happen but i would love to see a uh live action battle tech tv series take mm -hmm. take place but everyone would assume that they'd want to do it in the 30,000s and i'd be like no do the ameris civil war that thing's insane and you'd have to at least do a montage in the beginning to explain what the fuck is even going on and it would take a while because the battle tech cartoon did it they had no yes. problem explaining, oh, well, uh, some crazy shit happened over the past few hundred years and well, whatever, we're shooting each other now. Well, interesting, interesting take. I think Battletech, it's sort of like, I think before we get a Battletech, we're going to get a Warhammer TV show. Oh, uh, because, uh, and, and the reason it's, it's, they both have the same problem and Warhammer is a little more well-known, which is uh, the amount of special effects and background story is incredible yeah. and super, super deep. We're running along. I want to say violent. one more thing. I didn't say a reboot of Howard the Duck because I, I just want it. Howard the Duck. I knew it. Duck. I knew that was I don't coming. Need a reboot. I, Howard. The, every, people who know me know that Howard the Duck is my favorite comic of all time. Writer Steve Gerber did such a brilliant job. If you think that he's a joke and you don't really understand him, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but um, read the original. Go. Marvel has re-released the Steve Gerber Howard the Ducks, the originals, not the Max series, although that's fun too, but go back and read them. They are truly brilliant and you have amazing artists like uh gene coleman and things who did you know if uh fan fantasy worlds like this is top-notch stuff there's a reason that they made a movie about him in the 80s uh george lucas was like yes do this because Oops. his material is brilliant it's existential there are entire issues that are essentially just short stories where steve gerber as the writer is talking to howard the duck this and having this existential crisis about life truly awesome stuff he runs for president there's a, a uh, an evil sofa it's madness and brilliance and um that's why james gunn continues to have little snippets of howard the duck in uh the guardians of the galaxy films and, and elsewhere because he recognizes the genius of this and this character and uh james gunn fronting a howard the duck movie where he's just trying to make it with beverly at a, at a minimum wage job that is it'd be it'd be absolute gorgeous brilliance that I, I it's it's a dream if anybody wants to give me money marvel i'm here i got some good ideas disney hire me up i could i could take this to new heights with howard the duck let's let's fly let's fly and be formation someone, to success someone could i guarantee someone could hand this team about 50 million dollars we could still do a better job than most marvel films in the early 2000s at least which is not exactly a high well, bar that's true but we've got a lot to look forward to with thor love and thunder and uh black panther 2 and spider-man 3 all sorts of wonderful things but we're gonna wrap this up because i could talk forever about comics and i know you guys could too thank you guys so much for listening listeners we are excited to be with you every week and there's a lot to look forward to this year from Colton classic podcast follow us at 
uh, Colton Classic Podcast on Instagram. To play us out, as always, is The Chud with All About Evil. And I want to also say, write to us, give us your suggestions, your recommendations. If you have movies we want to talk about or a genre, send us emails at coltonclassicpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at coltonclassicpodcast and facebook.com slash coltonclassicpodcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nate Wyckoff. Thank you guys so, so, so much from the bottom of my Gen Xer heart. I am grateful for you. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.